You're listening to the Flame Central Podcast, your home for Liberty University Athletics. Liberty men's basketball takes a pause while the women stay hot on the hardwood. We'll talk a little hoops. Plus, Malik Willis is back in the headlines. Find out why in a big-time guest, Malik's private quarterback coach, Sean McBoy. This interview is full of incredible insight. Let's get it started. Now from our studio at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, Here's your host, Emily Austin, with Matt Warner and Rhett McGibbon. All right, such an exciting show. We have some hoops to talk about. Darius McGee finally getting the national attention that he deserves. But let's go to the gridiron. I know this is like a weird time, but we have (laughs) QB1, right, possibly, of the NFL draft this season. So we have to give Malik some love. He won the Bobby Bowden Award this past week, which is an incredible honor when you look at some of the other finalists that he was up against. Yeah, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, who may be the first overall pick or second pick in in the draft this year, the defensive end for Michigan, uh, one of the three finalists. Malik gets the award. It goes to the college football player who epitomizes a student athlete of faith. And I think we could all say. I don't think there's any other. That, that, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I thought, you know, maybe they just give it to Hutchinson because he is more of a national name yeah. right now. You know, he, he, they went to the playoff, all that stuff. Uh, but really, really happy for Malik Willis. Very deserving. And, and if you're going to talk about a guy that lived out his faith on the field and, and off, we heard it in every press conference he had. Social lose, media. Right. Yeah, it's I true. Mean, he fits the bill. So big moment for him, big moment for Liberty University. You're trying to train champions for Christ. You're trying to get athletes like this that that are willing to share their faith and live it out. And now to get somebody like that, earn an award on top of it, pretty special. I always think it's funny how you'll walk around Lynchburg and you get, do you ever get the people that say, we need a Tim Tebow at Liberty? Oh, ever since I got here, that was yeah. Literally, we, get, we had it. We just need to get Tim Tebow. Guess what? He's better. Right. I know. You know? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Is a, in a, you know, Tim Tebow is one of the great college players of all time. Yeah. But, I mean... Pro projections? Totally. Mm-hmm. I think everyone would say you expect him to have a better NFL You career. just had him, folks. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what you want to say. One guy who knows something about those projections at the next level is quarterbacks coach Sean McVoy. He works down in Atlanta. He has 15-plus years of delivering some of the best advice and training to quarterbacks. Has some big-time names already yeah. in the league that he's worked with. He's part of the quarterback takeover, like I said, down in Georgia, which is very convenient for Malik being from that area. So we had to have Coach McVoy on the show, and uh, here's our interview with him. Take a listen. All right, we're now joined by Coach Sean McVoy, and uh, like I just mentioned with his experience, he's been in this business a really long time. Coach, my question to you is how in the world did you get into this business and talk about some of the big names that you've worked with in your career? Sure. I was fortunate to guy get in. I played quarterback just in high school. I was I tell everybody I was limited by both size and talent. So that ended that dream pretty quickly to play much past high school. But got involved in coaching early, coached high school football, worked with quarterbacks at that level, kind of segue into the the private training space uh, in the last seven eight years now it's been doing just the private training exclusively um, but we've been fortunate to work with you know we'll start at the top with the NFL guys guys like Deshaun Watson and Tyrod Taylor and Justin Fields and Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts we've been fortunate to take uh, 
Jalen and Trey through the draft prep process like we're doing now with with Malik Willis. And then, you know, obviously a ton of the top college quarterbacks around the country as well. C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. You know, Anthony Brown from Oregon, who we're doing his draft prep now as well. Sean Clifford up at Penn State. You know, certainly names uh, people would know. Yes, Sean, I, how much does it say maybe about the trust you've built with Malik that he kind of puts, especially this portion of his career, in your hands? Talk maybe about your guys' relationship and, and why that, that trust is so important now as he is leading up in some of the biggest weeks, you know, of his career post-college. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it is special, and it's something you certainly don't take for granted, right? So I've been working with Malik since he was in high school. Um, when he was at Roswell there, and we've been through the process here in the off seasons. Every time he's home from school, continuing to work on his development, and so I think you know, obviously, I feel like you've earned that trust and respect because of how you've helped him to this point. And now you're right; each step along the journey, you you have to put even more emphasis on how important that piece is. So I think it's you know the relationship we've built. Um, it's also that he feels that. He's continuing to get better. Um, and then obviously I've worked for years now with Quincy Avery. We've partnered together for what we call quarterback takeover. And so you want to make sure that you're also bringing other pieces to help supplement what Malik's getting, you know, as he moves forward here. So I think it was about our relationship, but then also making him understand that, hey, there's nobody in the country that does this part of the process better than Quincy and I. And, you know, he's been around and trained with both of us now for the last several years. Um, you know, and he's certainly a believer in that. So, Sean, when you meet a new client, let's take Malik, for example, back in high school. How do you know it's like a right fit? Like, how do you know that this, I guess it's kind of like a, a salesmanship to him or a courting process that you know the chemistry is going to vibe between you and your potential client? You know, it's funny. I don't think you do until you start working together, right? And so, you know, the way that Malik was kind of put on to me was through his high school coach, you know, who obviously thought I had done a good job developing other quarterbacks he coached in the past and kind of sent Malik to me. So at that point, you know, you just see what you have there. Uh, he's got to buy into what I'm teaching him, right? He's got to hopefully start to feel pretty quickly that, it's helping him move in the direction he's moving. Like if we did a couple of sessions together and, you know, he's feeling like he's throwing worse than he did before, that would end that relationship pretty quickly, <laughs> right? Um, and then a guy like Malik, and I always speak so highly of his work ethic, he from day one had the attitude of, hey, listen, I want to play at a high level in college. I want to have an opportunity to play the quarterback position past college in the NFL. And if this is going to help me get there, then I'm all in. And from really day one, the trust in, in whatever I felt he needed to be focused on, uh, he just went at it, you know, 100 miles an hour. And, and that's continued. I mean, it's never wavered, you know, from that, that first time his junior year of high school all the way through now. Uh, he, you know, he, he knows what he wants to be, and he'll work as hard as anybody to get there. With how difficult it is to play at the next level, whether that be college or NFL, I'm sure there's some guys that just don't have that it factor. When did you realize that Malik not only had the it factor of playing at the collegiate level, but at an NFL level um, today? Yeah, it was pretty early, quite honestly. It always starts with how great of an athlete somebody is, right? So what was maybe a, took a little longer to figure out was, 
could he be a quarterback at the highest level, okay. right? I think that's – you hear people that, you know, have either criticized or, or been a fan of. That, that's usually the, the, the argument is, hey, we know he's super athletic. We know he's super talented. Is he a quarterback at the highest level? So early on, I mean, he was just a freak athlete. I mean, the reason that schools like Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech and, and those schools, they offered him so early – they were like, hey, you can play wherever you want, you know, play DB, play wide receiver, you know, we'll take you wherever um, because there's very few, you know, players with that type of skill set. As we started to get deeper into the quarterback development piece of it, it didn't take long, maybe a year in where you understood, okay, he's legitimately a quarterback who is as good as any of the guys we work with, right? And, and that's saying something when, you know, we'll do a college group, this is back when he was at Auburn, you know, we'll do a college group and Justin Fields is there, you know, and, and Sean Clifford is there and Anthony Brown is there and Emory Jones is there. And, you know, you're talking about all these top five-star recruits already starting in some cases at their universities. And more often than not, Malik's the most talented passer. You know, all, we're just thinking Short's in a T-shirt here. So his running skill set isn't a factor here. Mm-hmm. We're just watching guys work through drills. Um, you know, throw different routes, kind of all be on the same field, throwing next to each other. And, you know, from both Quincy and I as coaches and then the quarterbacks themselves, right, are the ones that are looking around saying, wait a second, this guy might be the best passer of, of everybody here. Mm-hmm. So when you start to see that consensus happen, you realize, okay, he hasn't had his time yet. He hasn't gotten on the field yet to prove it. But by that point, we were pretty confident that he was going to have all these opportunities. That's awesome. So what would you say is Malik's biggest improvements from the time he's left Auburn? You know, he's gotten to take collegiate snaps, be QB1 here at Liberty until this point. What's his greatest improvements? I think it's just an understanding of, of how to be the QB leader, QB1 of a team. Right? And I, I've spoken to you guys. I know I've spoken to Matt and Emily in the past specifically about how highly I think of of what Liberty does uh, as a coaching staff and especially in quarterback development. You know, I just named a bunch of players from all over the country. So I know what the quarterback development looks like at a lot of the top colleges. And I'm not sure there's anybody who does a better job than Ken Austin there at Liberty truly developing that position. Obviously everybody knows what coach freeze does. So the ability to, for him to understand, Hey, it's more than just playing great on the field. It's how you prepare. It's how you watch film. It's how you, understand the intricacies of our offensive scheme and what defenses are trying to do to, to take away and what are the, uh, maybe the weaknesses we can try to exploit. You know, that is a teaching that I don't feel like he got enough of early on in his college career. And being around Coach Freeze and Coach Austin, you saw kind of that, you know, football intelligence part really take a step up. And then just from a, a maturity and a leadership and, you know, Malik's spoken to this a few times about, you know, sometimes things happen the way they're supposed to happen, you know, and he's the first one that says, I might have benefited more than anybody for not getting that opportunity early. It allowed me to mature in a way and, and just be more grounded in, in both his faith and just his ability uh, as a football player. And it happened at the right time. And it all kind of came together last year when he was finally able to take the role there at, at Liberty. Probably a big reason why he's so humble when he keeps receiving all of these awards. Right. Well, that's it. Well, right. Because, I mean, he listen, he knows what it was like when he didn't get to be on the field and when he didn't get to play, you know. And so 
you don't take anything for granted now. And he's got this, uh, you know, I guess chip on his shoulder, right. Or something like that, that, that everyone wants to talk about, but like he knows what it was like when he didn't get what he wanted and he's never going to let that happen again. All right. So now post-college, you've got the lead up to the draft, everybody dissecting him, all the Mel Kuypers and all these guys projecting it and, and analyzing and you're building up now to the senior bowl. What is the focus yep. of your training now? What are some areas that you feel like, okay, we're going to really hone in on these. People are saying this may be an area to improve it. Yeah, well, first off, it's going to be getting him comfortable with what he's going to be asked to do at the next level. And a lot of that is just, hey, playing from under center, some of the different footwork and drops that, you know, he just hadn't been exposed to. And not just him, any college quarterback at this point, right? Everybody's playing from the gun everybody's RPO scheme, you know, with the exception of like a Trey Lance last year and why he was so highly regarded was because North Dakota State does so many NFL concepts at the collegiate level. He's a rare exception. So Malik's with just about everybody else coming out this year. Can he work the under center, you know, outside zone play action, some of the things and the concepts that they're, they're utilizing at the next level. Um, so, so the main focus is getting that footwork down. Obviously, we want to get him to a position and a consistent spot where he can let his gifts as a passer show off. So we're just talking about, hey, learn this new footwork, but most importantly, let's be stable at the top of the drop. Let's have a good base, right? All the things he's been, you know, coached to do and preached for the last few years about, hey, just be consistent and let your kind of gifts show off. Uh, that's the combination now. And then it's the, the board work. Right, and being able to go through your film and not only explain to coaches and scouts and GMs the offense he's run the last couple of years at Liberty, but also, you know, be able to be accountable for the things he didn't do well and, and show a growth and a development as he meets with all of these coaches and scouts and GMs. And the, the part I like is they finally get to, to know the player. And so we're really excited for the senior ball. One, because I can't wait to see him on the field next to all the other quarterbacks that people are, you know, looking at to be the first rounders or whatever. Um, because like I said, in the past, like we've seen him on the field next to everybody else and he shines in that comparison. And then you just can't wait for guys to meet Malik and get to know him because as you guys have been exposed to uh, pretty much everybody who gets to know him like that falls in love pretty quickly. Yeah, that's going to be my next question. You have all these top quarterback prospects all together at the Senior Bowl. Is that more important even than the, the combine, do you feel? How would you compare the two? Yeah, they're, they're similar in that, you know, you'll have opportunities like that at the combine as well. You know, we'll all throw together to receivers. So there's all, any, all these. We're taking advantage of every one, right? Um, the Senior Bowl is super important because it's the first time, right? And so it's like, I mean, there's still, it's so funny you mentioned like Mel Kuyper. And by the way, we love that Mel Kuyper's got him a QB1. That's, That's great. Right. But it also means absolutely nothing, <laughs> right? And so there'll be people that have them and, you know, wherever. Um, but a lot of these guys that are making these, uh, these predictions still haven't seen the, per the quarterback in person yet. Like still have literally never seen him throw live. Um, and so you're getting this first opportunity for literally every single coach, GM, and scout, because they're all going to be at the senior bowl. Um, some guys are seeing them for the first time. And so, you know, we're, we're really excited about that because the people who have, you guys included, and 
you know, the, 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 the scouts and, and guys like Jim Nagy, who I knew you've had on the podcast before, who, who came out to games and saw them live, were really blown away by that piece. So that's the key. Um, but, yeah, the comparison, you know, there's nothing quite like having one quarterback throw, say, a seven-step, come back to the sideline, right? Deep, yeah. you know, 16 back to 14 from the opposite hash, and he put it on a line. So you got, say, Kenny Pickett does it, and then Malik does it right after. And there's no clearer comparison of, oh, okay, who, who really has the arm strength? Who really has the accuracy when you see those guys go right next to each other? So, like I said, we're preparing Malik to really look good in those moments. And, you know, guys that have been around him and have watched him play, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty excited about the prospect of that going really well. Well, if the pass is any indication, it should go well. Remember, I mean, this last offseason, I think it was Bruce Feldman that started the the fever pitch for, for Malik when he yeah. came out of Elite 11. He was like, dude, is this guy a power lifter? He's more physical than any quarterback <laughs> I've ever seen. Ryan Russell yeah. talking about his quads on his podcast. So, like, I, <laughs> that's right. in terms of that, you're right. Like, that's where, like, he can really stand out physically. Yeah, no doubt. And like I said, you're, everybody's watching the film, too, of course. So, you're seeing all these guys make those types of throws on film as well. But there's nothing like seeing God. I, I, I'll say it to everybody. Like everybody asks me, hey, what's your opinion on a quarterback? And I'll say, well, I want to see him live. You know what I mean? I can watch the film, and, and there's so many variables there and factors. Like, obviously, there's a, hey, how does he make decisions under pressure that you can't see by watching a guy throw in shorts and a T-shirt. But, you know, seeing the live, you know, physicality and just how quick the ball comes out, what his throwing motion really looks like up close, to me, that's where you can really understand what kind of talent a player has. And that's the other piece of this, too, is these GMs and these coaches, you're almost playing to their ego a little bit. And what I mean is that if you have a player who's just the most physically gifted, clearly the most athletic at the position, with the strongest arm, who's really accurate, well, if I'm a coach or a GM, I'm saying, hey, I'll coach him up and we'll fix the other stuff. Right. Right. So maybe he made a couple of bad decisions. Maybe I didn't see him work through concepts the way I'd like him to. Well, man, I'm, I'll coach that up. Give me the best player and I'll take care of the rest. And I think that's a piece of this, this process as well. All right, Sean, I promise we'll let you go in just a moment. I have two more questions. If you weren't so good, then we would have just like, you know, made this like a a three, four question interview. Before you get to the next question, because I'm going to forget to say this. Of course. I'm such a big fan of all you guys. I listen to the podcast the last three years. And I've met most of you guys. And Matt's come out to Atlanta and watched Malik work in the offseason. But uh, I I have to compliment you because you've made my experience as a Liberty fan these last few years you know, just that much greater. So there's my compliment oh, to you so guys nice. first. Yeah, I do feel like you are one of our biggest fans, which I greatly appreciate. So now that Malik <laughs> is moving on to the next level, we hope that you still, you know, stay Check a Liberty Flames fan. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Nate Hampton's my guy. Oh, Nate Hampton's one time. of the guys I trained too. So, yeah. Well, so I'll be, we're I'll never going to leave you alone. Pipeline going. Yeah. <laughs> my question, That's though, right. you know, you've seen so many talented quarterbacks. You've been through the draft process with some big names. Has it that that process changed at all? Like, have you had to alter your training or your approach with that draft process in the last few years, or has it pretty much been the same? Well, everybody did the last couple, right? Because of the, the COVID interference, oh, yeah. you know? So like last year there was no combine, you know, they luckily got the senior bowl in 
but it wasn't the same access that the coaches and GMs normally have to the players. They were up in the stands. They were keeping them away. No combine. So, like, say Malik had come out last year, right? What would have been really important was that moment at the combine next to all those guys. Well, he wouldn't have had that, right? And so, thankfully, we're back to kind of a normal process here. But that's been the key. I mean, you know, what's changed the most for me personally is now that I've, I've, we've gone through Dwayne Haskins' draft prep process, then Jalen Hurts, then Trey Lance's. So now you start to build more connections with different coaches, GMs. They know me more than they did, say, three years ago. Obviously, Quincy Avery has established himself in that space. And so you, you have, I think, more open and honest conversations. Yeah, I'm a little bit more in tune to what everyone thinks of Malik right now. Like, you know, I could probably – narrow down pretty well on okay who's the six teams that re- have malik as their top qb right now yeah, all right go ahead done. and name them <laughs> you can't say that without naming them well let's say there's a lot of teams re- at the top half of the draft yeah. that that really are in love with him right now and and what's cool about that is that they haven't even gone through the senior bowl process so i expected you know that senior bowl process to be what's changed you know, and got the hype going again, if you will. Um, so to see it all happening even before that piece uh, really, really kind of works in our favor. Uh, Mel Kuyper put him at Washington at number 11. I'm pretty confident that's the floor for Malik right now. Wow. I think a team like Washington likes him. I think um, if, if he falls to 11 and Washington has an opportunity, I think I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But now you got the teams above them, you know, like the, the Falcons and the Lions and, you know, and, and Carolina and some of those other teams. And the question is, do they take a quarterback that early or do they lead other teams to think they will take them? And does that now force a team to come up mm. if they love Malik to get him before? Does that make sense? So, yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of process to play out here, but don't be surprised. One, if he's the first quarterback off the board. And don't be surprised if he ends up in the top 10. Wow. You have us just on the edge of our seats. <laughs> so excited for these next few weeks, you know, with the whole draft process. Senior Bowl will be down there. So we'll see you there. Um, potentially the combine and then obviously the draft in April. So thank you so much, Coach Sean McElroy. We'll be down there. I have it in print, actually. You know, I don't know if we're going to go probably after the Senior Bowl um, to come down there and maybe get a private quarterback lesson. Not for myself, but you know, on Malik, we'll, we'll cover him a little Nobody bit too. Can fix that. Yeah, I was wondering if you, yeah, I thought you were going to start working on your throwing motion. Yeah, but okay. you know, flag football. Yeah. I've always wanted to take take. Part you never know when it might come in handy. Hey, I have kind of an arm. All right, Coach. Thanks so much again. We'll see you down in uh, Mobile for the Senior Bowl in a couple weeks or in a week, I guess. Coming coming up on us pretty quickly. Thank you so much again yeah. for your time. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Bye. I mean, you cut this podcast to put the little teases right. on the internet. Gonna You're going to have a pretty busy, yeah. what, two days yeah. ahead of you? Yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> had a lot of good information. Sean's been great every time we, we've caught up with him. But, I mean, when you think about just how many good quarterbacks he's been around and the way he talks about Malik Willis – uh, it gets you excited. And he starts talking about, oh, the floor is pick 11. That's wow. what that's that's stood out that to me, too. That was really impressive. And he's right, though, in that already you're getting this buzz. Mel Kuyper, you know, taking first quarterback taken. And what's most impressive about Malik? When you see him in person. Mm-hmm. And 
they're going to finally get the chance, you know, at the senior bowl for folks that haven't already. So like, yeah, that buzz could build even more. And boy, this is an exciting time for Malik and for really all flames fans. Yeah, man. I liked your, your question there about the fact that he's going to be down there and he's going to be side by side with these guys. It's mm-hmm. not like the combine where it's like, okay, now you go, now you go. It's like, you know, drill after drill. I think that's going to be key. Cause like he was talking about, you're going to see the size and strength of Malik, which is one of his most impressive attributes. And we know we can throw the ball and throw it accurately. Oh, yeah. So, you know, this is going to be a, a big week, Emily. I, I you know, I, I'm happy for you being able to go down. Yeah, there. it's going to be fun. I actually took red spot, so he's a little upset. But no, it will be. We're going to have all of the coverage that you guys can imagine down yeah. in Mobile. So be sure you stay tuned um, with the Flame Central podcast all over social media and um, the Flame Central show each week. So it will be exciting though to see that. You know, I, I feel like when you listen to Coach McAvoy too, like. Malik will be prepared for this moment. And not for that sure. he wasn't, obviously, right. as a talent and all of that. But listening to to Coach, you know, he's going to be prepared for this moment and and knows what – I feel like Malik's going to know what to expect and what to say in these meetings with these GMs and scouts. Right, because, like, part of this is it's kind of like a teacher teaching to the test. Yeah. There is a little bit of that. And not that it's stuff that it doesn't matter, but you're schooling him up on – And you heard Sean talk about he's been around long enough now. He knows what coaches and GMs are looking for. Mm -hmm. And so he can say, okay, I know this is what they like. This is what they want to see. Now I can make sure you're ready in that regard. And he already had such a great base knowledge or even beyond that from Mm -hmm. Kit Austin, from Hugh Freeze. He's already so prepared. And Sean talked about that as well. But now you can really fine tune those things that you know are going to be part of this process so that Malik can knock it out of the park. Yeah. And you heard him. We are invited down there for like the the private lesson with Malik. So we'll hopefully get a feature on that for you as well. All right. Let's move on to the hardwood. Liberty men's basketball, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, had to postpone two of their road games this past Thursday. They'll be well rested. And Saturday. <laughs> They'll be re- well rested for their matchup on Thursday. Yeah. I'm like so lost. North Alabama. North Alabama. Okay, thanks, yeah. Matt. What would I do? But the biggest takeaway here is obviously if you guys have been living under a rock, Darius McGee on the flames, he's pretty much a superstar. <laughs> Dropped 41 against Jacksonville, one of the best. Or FGCU. The, FG, FGCU. Yep. yep. And then he dropped 27, 27. Wow. It's a Monday, Emily Austin. You've had a week. 27 week against the best scoring defense in the country in Jacksonville. So there's been some, you know, chatter, and finally, it's reaching a national level. Sports Illustrated, Kevin Sweeney has the mailbag, and one of the fans said, can Darius McGee make an All-American team? What has to happen the rest of the way for him yeah. to make the cut? Before I give the answer, what has to happen, Matt Warner? I mean, two things. Keep doing what he's doing, scoring the basketball, <laughs> yeah. and Liberty keep winning, Yeah, right? If Liberty continues to be one of the top mid-majors in the country and dominate the A-Sun, that helps Darius's case. Uh, it also wouldn't hurt if some of these other A Sun teams kind of like separated themselves where you have some good. Like if everybody yeah. keeps beating each other, that doesn't necessarily look as good. Whereas if you get a game like Saturday, which will be huge, Jacksonville State coming in here. If if you get some teams like that where he's able to show out against them, that will help his case. But yeah, just just keep getting buckets. That's oh, all you need to work. Exactly. About. So um, Kevin Sweeney said, I'm grateful for this question because it gives me a platform to talk about how ridiculously awesome Darius McGee has been this season. He goes on to say that the good news is McGee has a chance to get back to the NCAA tournament one last time. He's on 
um, a, one of the winningest teams in programs history, and he's the best scorer in the sport. So it's just exciting that he is getting this kind of national wow. recognition. Think about this. So before Richie McKay came back, Liberty had been to what? Three tournaments? Yeah. Is that right? That's right. Yes. And now Darius McGee will have Has an it? opportunity to go to four straight, like his that's entire insane. career. Yeah, now, great. obviously, he had the COVID one wiped out, but like he'll have earned a spot in four NCAA tournaments. That's nuts. And that he's crazy to think yeah. about. That's awesome. And he's 5'9". And what's his vertical? 48. 48 inches, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. So it's just... I just want to take a moment because whenever I worked in Atlanta, I was a little bit of a hater with like the small, shorter athlete because I just like doubted him. Yeah. Um, Why is his name blanking? Trey Young. Trey Trey Young. Oh my gosh. So I was like so much. You forgot all about. No, I doubted him. And like why the Hawks would, you know, pick him to play. And it was like a very high pick too. I was like, what in the world are they doing? But it's just like I continue. It doesn't matter because if you can shoot the ball. And, I mean, there were some shots that McGee took last home game that he didn't even have the ball in his hand he barely touched for .001 seconds. I was clocking it, Rhett. I will say that's one area of his game I think that's improved this year is his release. Like, he gets it off oh, so bad. quick yeah. now. Well, and that's something And Naz and I even talked about a little bit during the game. Is like, I'll admit, at the beginning of the season, I thought, you know, him having to handle the ball that much more, that's going to hurt his game. Yeah. It's going to be harder. Yeah. How will he hold up? Uh, he's better off the ball, which he still probably is. But, like, but like this could hurt his game. Yeah, It has done the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Like, him handling the ball more, I feel like, has made him that much dangerous. Whether or not he's improved in that area, which I'm sure he has, he has or, or it's just something that we tapped into that kind of out of necessity that we wouldn't have other, found otherwise – it's made him that much more dangerous, and certainly getting to the rim is one of those things we've talked about a number of times. Yeah, that's added to that factor because he has the ball in his hand to do so. And like, yeah, what are you gonna say? Like, there's been the argument and some debate. Oh, is he the goat? Is he the greatest of all time? I think it's a little premature to do that, but not that premature. No, if you go to four straight NCAA, you know, NCAA tournaments, and you're the you know he's gonna be you know what top fifteen in scoring or whatever like. Or top ten, maybe. Why don't you look at who's done that? Like, that's that's insane for it this is. program. Like, you'll be the all-time winningest player in the pro. Like, yeah, who who else would you choose over Darius McGee? And after the last men's basketball game, Coach McKay was like, "Okay, I'm not saying he is Steph Curry, but he's Steph Curry like, and he's Steph Curry on this team." And yeah. um, you know, Coach McKay being a huge fan of Steph Curry, coaching his brother, it's just, and he was like pleading, which this is my moment with Flames Nation again, because I have been, again, disappointed from that last, I get it was a Tuesday, I get there's a lot of snow and ice, but I'm sitting here skating into the arena on heels. So get your butt into the Liberty Arena, because this, you don't, you're not going to have an opportunity to see a performance in a player like Darius McGee. And Thursday, you have an opportunity to do that. Yeah. So, and Saturday. Well, it's like we were saying with Malik Willis, like you don't know when you're going to get again. another player, athlete, yep. kid like this again in your program, you want to be there and be able to say, I saw him win. And if he ever drops 50 in a game, oh my gosh. I better stink it be there. Right. It, you know, in Liberty Arena, because it, it'll be special. I think, too, just for Darius' sake, like he's such a good kid going off of that. Like yep. you want to support a guy like that, not a jerk, so humble. You saw it on our last podcast, like he just doesn't take Too any humble. credit for himself. He's ridiculous. You know, like, I know NBA is a big word in this, but, you know, earlier on in the year, I'm thinking, okay, this guy's going to have a great 
career in Europe somewhere. Like he's going to make a lot of money. But after the way he's gone off and just one shot comes to mind, it's against Jacksonville. He had a defender within inches. Like they were nose to nose and he jacks up a three right in his face. Like that made me think, wow, like this, he can do it at the next level. I really think he can. You think of Chris Clemens, uh, Campbell and how small he was. Now I know, I think Chris was a little bit more on the thick side of things, but still the way that Darius can shoot it, I don't see why he can't go to the next level and make, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, but stick. Well, he, I think he'll get an opportunity, certainly now. You know, yeah. I think he'll definitely get a chance to do that. And to your point, Rhett, about being a good kid, like, I think I've shared this story with you guys before. I don't know that I have on here. Like, there was a night a few weeks ago after the game, my wife and kids are oh, there. Yeah. They're waiting around for me to finish up with Naz, doing a little stuff we do after the broadcast. Darius walks up. He introduces himself to every single one of my kids. What's your name to every single one of my kids? Talks to them, takes the time to do that. Like, Nobody does that. Yeah. Like nobody does that. Like in even, college too. Right. Even good guys. Like right. which this program is full of. Like no one like, but he is that good of a dude. Yeah. And it's just really impressive. And that's part of the reason why it's easy to root for somebody like that. For sure. And I'm happy that McKay is actually dropping some Steph Curry like praise for McGee because I think that part I I mean, he's McGee's such a humble guy and he's not going to take credit or I don't think it's like really set in. So I just like that. Coach McKay has given him that uh, that love in those press conferences. Okay, let's switch over to the women's side. Huge win last Wednesday, um, 49-48 victory over Jacksonville, and they kept things going on the road at Central Arkansas. Rhett, the girls came out firing in lockdown defense. They needed a bounce-back game, in my opinion. Yes, that was a big win over Jacksonville, but I think it should have been bigger, in my opinion. It's one of those games where – I believe there's a bit of an emotional letdown. You go against FGCU, you're leading by double digits. That faded away. You lose that game. You come home, and you're just your head's not quite right yet, and you slip through that one. You get it, right? And then you needed a game to feel good about yourself again, and that was Central Arkansas. And I underline Maya Berkman, 19 points. Yeah. Before yeah. that, she had, she had a double-double in the Jacksonville game, 10 points, 10 rebounds, but the three games before – it was all like, uh, I had four, I had four, maybe I had six. And she didn't seem herself, but good to see her come back and really just dominate in the paint. And then let's talk about Priscilla Smingy. Yeah. Since coming back off of protocol, she caught girl, something. She's been, she caught the hot right. hand. Yeah. She's been an absolute weapon. Yeah. You know, like 15 oh points and she had another one in double digits, 13 points this game. Like if she could continue that for a full year, the Michigan transfer is finally starting, I think, to get comfortable with her offensive game. She could be for MVP team status because the way she can shut down the opposing team's best player and then pour in double digits of her own. I don't know how many players that are like that in the A Sun. And then good to see D Brown and Redstad as well getting to double digits in the flame shot 60% in that game. The one thing that scares me about this team is turnovers. They had mm. 16 Oof. turnovers in the game, and that's that ugly number that could bite them. They can still be playing really well in terms of offensively they're scoring they're shooting it well but then they turn the ball over and you know how a game can change really quick when you get a couple turnovers in a row yeah the rams um okay so up next you have north alabama at home on thursday oh double header we got that's right at yeah, liberty that's arena weird, like afternoon i right, know for yeah what's that Three about? thirty. no i don't know but you know huh. wow over there. so yeah maybe we'll just mm, not work in the morning and then just do the double <laughs> yeah, game. Wow. Huh, Matt Warner? Yeah. Um, no, sitting down with Bridget Redstat this week yeah. um, to do a feature on her. So excited to learn more about her story and have that. 
um, for Flames Nation. Another, uh, do you have another point on women's basketball? Or are you good? Okay, because no. I was going to switch yeah, over to the track. It. Indoor track was this weekend. Um, also doing a story on cross country and distance coach Heather Zealand that I'm really excited about. So went to go check out you know, the mile race. I right. didn't know that there were multiple races of the mile, but Callie don't. Okay. Stud. Yeah. She is an absolute stud. And it just like looking at her when she's running, I'm like, I'm more out of breath here on the sideline <laughs> than you are running this mile in 448. It was a meet record. And this is only the second year of that meet, but still, I mean, 448 in a mile. I don't even think I could do, you know, what would that be? Uh, 1,200 in, in that amount of time. Another um, mention is Brett, Brandon Letts. He ran the six, won the 60 in 6.8 seconds. So I've never actually like raced a 60. That just seems like such a weird event, but that is for indoor track. And then Naomi I can never Mojica. Pronounce. Mojica, yeah. She won the shot put and the hammer throw. Too? The hammer throw. So um, shout out to them. There's a fun sprinters piece on the Liberty track and field, which might have made it its way to the Liberty Flames. Yeah. Uh, a couple of those guys caught the vid, so they weren't able to mm. compete in this last meet. But uh, excited to see what this sprint yeah, group. Some speed, like they've yeah. always been Woo! good in a lot of other events. Obviously, Liberty Tracks like the most dominant program at the school. But sprinters was not always necessarily a strength. They have a lot of depth, yeah, a lot of talent. Some guys that have transferred in from big time programs. Mm -hmm. uh, they're loaded. Yeah, one more team that you yeah know, people need to go out and support, and it's club sports, but women's hockey. They continue to roll undefeated on the season. Number one, they're in the process. I say they're four times in a row uh, winners because the COVID year that got knocked out, mm -hmm. but they won their conference championship that year that had the number two seed, the number three seed in it. So basically you beat them. Yeah. I, I feel like you can self-proclaim a uh, national championship, but well on their way to a fifth, like they are just steamrolling people. There's girls on this team that will graduate having never known the feeling of losing your last game. Like that's, that's, an, wow. that's a crazy thing. Wow. Yeah. So that, that team go out and support them. I think, I think they're 16 and oh now on the year ranked number one, in the nation. So I will say it time. makes our job a lot more fun when you're talking about all these athletics, not just one team, but literally like across the board, yeah. all these teams that are so successful, it makes a broadcaster's life way yeah. more enjoyable so thank you yeah, yeah thank you to all of those student athletes and coaches all right guys that's all we have for this week's edition of the flame central podcast like i said be sure you check in on our show for some of those features and we'll see you right back here next monday